0: Welcome to the Awakened Masculinity Podcasts. I am your host, Lorreen Kren, and this podcast is dedicated to help you understand women better, experience deeper levels of intimacy, and grow in confidence. It will arm you with powerful tools and insights to awaken your true potential. The world needs awakened men more than ever before. Welcome to the Awakened Masculinity Podcast, guys. Today, I have a new guest, Nick Warner. Nick Warner is a successful men's coach who guides men into their true power and purpose. He specialized himself in Taoist Tantra and breathwork, and is currently creating a global impact with his wisdom and teachings. Welcome to the podcast, my brother.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you for having me.
0: The very first question I would like to ask you is, and I know this isn't an easy question, but what made you the man you are today? Was there any significant breakthrough or realization you had that brought you on this path?
1: There is a number of things that happened. Um, But I think the main one was when I basically hit rock bottom and I hit it pretty hard and went pretty low and got to a point in my life where I realized I had no choice except to change everything I'd ever learnt and become somebody completely new. So uh, it all kind of started, I'd spent quite a few years getting heavily into drugs and alcohol and um, was massively addicted to porn. And at this point, uh, it was about the time when my wife had an affair and my my life just fell apart. So from that point on, I went traveling and I gave up everything I knew and everything I loved to discover methods of healing and modalities that would heal myself and allow me to grow and to learn things that i'd perhaps once dreamt of but didn't really have any concept of
0: so it was your purpose was birthed in pain i can really relate to that brother yeah. and i think that's no i i think that 99% of all men who go through this journey or who start this journey that their purpose was birthed through pain
1: Absolutely. I, in my case, it took a lot of years of numbing that pain and really trying to avoid looking at it. And I knew it was there. I knew it existed, but I also knew that if I drank enough or if I did enough drugs or if I had enough sex or if I jerked off enough that I wouldn't have to feel it as deeply as Mm -hmm. I knew that it was there and um at some point i just the universe kind of put me into a corner and was like okay there's there's nowhere else you can go so you need to just change the way you've lived yeah and that was it
0: i can really relate to this when we're being pushed in this dark corner and there is just no other way than to go into to go into the shadow then we yeah that's that's a that's a powerful point to be Because it's like this. It's like this. Okay, there is no other way. I'm either going to, maybe even to the point, end my life here, or, and I had these thoughts too, or I'm going to go all in. I cannot lose anything because I've lost everything anyway.
1: That's exactly right, man. It's um, there's no coming to consciousness without pain. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think Carl Jung says that we people go to absurd, le- absurd lengths to avoid facing their own souls. And yeah,
0: wow. I loved it.
1: When you really are faced with, okay, you can, you can die or you can just do, you can just dig deep and you can look at the shit that you've been avoiding your entire life and you can, you can alchemize it and you can make it into gold. Yeah. And, um, I know a lot of men that are just, They're just constantly avoiding that reality. And um, And we, we men are
0: master at that we are masters at finding ways to, to carry that great pain inside ourselves. Like you mentioned before, and we are just always finding a way to not sit, not be with it. Mm. And it just builds and builds and builds and builds. And I think that's what happened in your life and my life. It builds to an extent where you cannot, you can no longer look away. Because your entire life
1: has been consumed by it. Yeah, that's exactly it, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah, thank you for that vulnerable and powerful answer, my brother. And that leads me to the next question. How did you get into Taoist Tantra? I think maybe you mentioned before you were heavily addicted to porn. Maybe that was a sort of entrance into that world.
1: Yeah, I had... um... I had quite an interesting sexual history, I guess, from the time I lost my virginity up until being at university and being very promiscuous, and then being madly in love and being with a woman for 10 years. And I really never understood anything about sexual energy. And I'd heard these stories of these these tantric masters and these uh, yogis and these sages that could make love for hours and end with full bodied orgasms. And for me, it was just a, it was a fantasy that belongs only to the superpowers of that have lived in caves for 10 years and this kind of <laughs> shit. And, um, but I, I had so many, like I was, um, Like I just I had so many issues with my own sexuality as far as being able to please women um, and being addicted to porn and premature ejaculation and all this kind of shit and when I went traveling when I started to go traveling I started to really dig deep into yoga and meditation and breath work and these were the first things. And at some point it was through a a yoga school where I started to hear about Tantra and I started to learn a little bit more about it. And for me at the time, Tantra was just sacred sexuality. Like I had no real understanding of what it was. And then a mentor said to me once, if Tantra is a forest, sex is a leaf of the forest. That has got such, it's so minuscule compared Mm to what Tantra actually encompasses. Um, So then I started to look a little bit deeper into it and started to learn more about myself. And through the meditation and through the yoga, I started to learn these practices, but I still wasn't able to, I was learning a lot about sacred intimacy. and how to connect deeper without the sexual part of it. But I still had my own issues. I, I was still, um, I still couldn't control my, my um, whether or not I was gonna ejaculate in 20 seconds or in 20 minutes. And mm. I was still heavily addicted to porn. And then somebody gave me the multi-orgasmic man such a powerful book i looked at it i was like yeah amazing and i started to read it and then i got to the practices and i was like ah, i don't understand it i'll just put it away and i think this happened twice whereas i read the book twice and then i got to the part where it's like okay now you gotta breathe through the microcosmic orbit and this for me was so esoteric and so kind of not where i was at at the time that i just kind of gave up on it and I was in a ceremony in Mexico and I met this woman and she said to me, I was about to go to the jungle in Peru um, and I was very deep into plant medicine at this point. And I met this woman and she says to me, I really don't like plant medicine. Pleasure is my medicine. I was like, oh, that's that's nice, Um, but I'm, I'm off to Peru. And she says, I want to do a retreat where we go into the mountains for three weeks and we just dedicate three weeks to pleasure and just doing practices, breath work and energetic practices and all these kinds of things, qigong and yoga. Do you want to do it with me? I was like, oof. Yes, I do. Absolutely. So I went back and I was staying with a mentor at the time and he gives me multi orgasmic man and he says you
0: have read already but i've read it
1: twice already not
0: followed through okay
1: and he says to me she's going to teach you how to fuck like a god and if you can't last more than three minutes in bed what could i read this book and do the practices it was like all right and at this point i was celibate like i'd heard somewhere from one of my teachers previously that I should just go as long as I can without ejaculating <laughs> which on one hand is accurate but on the other hand it's not completely true like, yeah. it's and I a think a lot and of,
0: and a, I think a lot of people get stuck in that in at that point and I was stuck there too actually until you told me about it then I read the book and then I and then I woke up to that reality
1: yeah it's semen retention is one of the most powerful practices I know. However, that does not mean you stop masturbating. It does not mean you stop having sex. Um, if you don't move this energy, and basically, if you don't use it, you lose it. So I went for quite a few months without even masturbating, and and then I was like, "Fuck!" Now I'm going to go spend three weeks with this woman and. How's this going to work? So, I started to do the practices and I started to, you know, stand on your toes and clench your jaw when you piss and then uh, tighten your bobble cavernosis muscle. And, and it's, it's like, all right. And I started to get into it and I really went deep and spent three weeks with this woman. And she just coached me and taught me everything that I needed to needed to know and that I had been searching for for so many years and from there i ended up going to other schools and i ended up in thailand with mantak chia and um really kind of fell in love with the Taoist tantra and with the specifically the practices from that um and then that was it it was It was kind of, you know, you teach what you need to learn yourself. And I desperately needed to learn how to alter this part of my life.
0: I can really relate to this, especially when you said that you were already doing yoga and breath work. But still, you were heavily addicted to porn and you had no idea how to control your sexual energy. And I believe that many, many men men find themselves in this position. So that happened to me too. I went into breath work. I was able to, get my, to meditate. I got myself into a, I would say, fairly powerful state for that and found some peace. But on the other hand, there was still this demon, this demon of sexual energy, this conditioned demon that, that kept haunting me that kept telling me watch porn, ejaculate. You see a woman on the street, you go home and just jerk that shit off. And, and that was just a reality. People are not talking about it, but it's happening all over the world. And um, at a certain point I had to face it because actually it became again, it built up, it built up, it built up. I think you experienced the same here. It's similar to the metaphor we talked about before. It builds up, it builds up, it builds up to a certain point where you say, okay, fuck it. I'm just going to do this practices because everything else I've tried before is not working Mm. and, and leaking sexual energy. That's a, that's a powerful topic. I also want to talk about it. So it costs us so much energy, man. Maybe you can share a little bit more about that. When men are leaking sexual energy are addicted to porn, porn are ejaculating often, are not in touch and using their sexual energy consciously. What happens to this man?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a powerful question because most guys just don't understand it and it happens to them and they can feel it, but they don't know why. So if we take it back a little bit and if we look at from a Taoist perspective, so Taoism is an ancient Chinese philosophy, it dates back to 4th century BC um, and it's very much in alignment with Chinese medicine and these kinds of things. So they speak about three types of energy. Um, you have Qi, and Qi is your life force. Qi is, you can replenish it through oxygen, through what you eat and what you drink. Um, shen is your spirit. And it's an energy that you can't can't grasp, but you kind of tune into. And then you have Jing, and Jing is your primordial life force, it's your creative energy, it's your sexual energy, but it's finite, and you can you cannot get more of it. So the quantity and the quality of your Jing is it depends on the vitality and the health of your parents when you're conceived. So I look at it like if you take your phone and you put it on flight mode and you turn it off, at some point it's still gonna run, the battery's still gonna die because it just gradually leaks out. Yeah. So we're constantly losing our jing every day. And according to Taoism, once you lose your jing, you die. So the fastest way for men to lose their jing or the, this essence is through um, ejaculation. So you can't not lose it, but there are ways that you can go about slowing down the process of leaking it out. Um, The other thing that they say, and you know, (laughs) for some people it's, um, They might be already close to this number, but according to the Taoism, you have between five and six thousand ejaculations in your life. So you store 25% of the Jing energy in your genitals, 25% is in your kidneys, and 50% is spread throughout your body. When you run out of the 25% that's in your genitals, you start to take it from your kidneys. When you run out from your kidneys, you start to take it from your brain and from the bone marrow. So this is where This is where you see these guys that are alive, but really there's not much left of them. When you've just fully depleted your sexual energy. Yeah. So one of the most tangible ways of feeling this, and this used to happen to me a lot, if you ever jerk off, or if you ever have sex, and you ejaculate, how do you feel after? Often guys feel guilty, they feel resentment, either towards themselves or to the partner. And you feel, I mean, you have this refractory period where you're just completely fucked and you can't do anything and you just want to sleep. Your body on a physiological level has just lost its life force. It's just shortened its lifespan. And this is why on a deeper level, you go to resent someone, you resent the feminine when they've used their energy to draw out your sexual energy and your life force. Um, so cultivating this you hear about sportsmen and whatever that don't have sex before the before the big game
0: absolutely muhammad ali was one of the first i think who
1: shared that so this creative energy you imagine this is the energy that we have that creates life so it's the highest quality nutrients and proteins everything in your body It, it goes in every time you jerk off every time you wipe your dick in some tissues, like that was meant to create life. Yeah. Your body doesn't know that it's not going to. So it just gives you the best of what it's got every time you do it. Um, so yeah, it's, you imagine cultivating that energy and harnessing all of that energy and then redirecting that into something else, into your into your work, into your family, into projects, back into your heart. Like there is there is so much powerful potential for this energy, but most men just don't know, don't know Absolutely. that much about
0: it. Absolutely, and um, I can so much relate to this because I used to be always one of these Mr. Nice guys, pleaser guys. And I I didn't know how to get rid of that. And I wouldn't say I'm totally rid of that. These are these traits are still inside me for sure. But the longer I don't go without ejaculation, um, and I'm not talking about celibacy here, I'm talking about transmuted energy. And we're going to talk more about it later in the podcast, guys. Don't worry. Um, The more I do that, the more I'm getting out of that pleaser mentality. And I was able to set boundaries. That that was the that was a moment for me where things really started to shift when I saw the results of non-ejaculation. It's like suddenly I was having a fierceness and an ability to set a boundary with I, I would even say there is also anger that came up, but that anger, anger is something good. I think in the spiritual community, anger has or i know this has such a negative stigma around it but guys this anger is also pure energy and if you use that bro, you can really catapult you out yourself out of these states um just for i would be very interested you don't have to answer but i would be very interested in how long are you going without ejaculation do you like two um, for years or
1: no the i did it at the start of the year um I'm a big fan of getting vulnerable. So let's uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna, we already dropped, dropped everything. So we can talk about everything. No, not
1: yet. (laughs) So um, No, I I went from the beginning of the year. I was like, I think it was the 30th of December. I was like, all right, I'm fucking done. I'm going to see how long I can go. And I was with my partner and we were making love. Like almost daily, like it was just a. That's the other thing. The more sexual energy you retain, like the more you just, you're so full and charged. And it's not like you have sex and you ejaculate and then you're done and you don't, like you just roll over and go to sleep. It's just like you can go for hours and like it's.
0: it's yeah, magical. don't do it before you go to sleep. That's for sure. Because,
1: <laughs> well, once you sublimate the energy, it's. uh, it's all good, but I, I was doing some research into prostate orgasms mm. and um, ended up receiving this prostate massager. And basically the man's prostate is similar to the woman's G-spot. Um, and if you ask most women who can have both, which would they rather? The majority of them would say the G-spot. It's a far deeper, more profound orgasm. Um, so more,
0: more deeper than the clitoris orgasm, for example. Exactly.
1: Instance. So, so uh, a man's uh, um, ejaculatory explosive orgasm is the same as a woman's clitoral orgasm. Hmm. Um, and her her G-spot orgasm is the same as that prostate orgasm. Wow. Um, okay. But for most men they're not that into it because our prostate is obviously up our ass. So (laughs) I had this toy and we were making love and it was fucking profound. And suddenly out of nowhere, this toy just hit the spot and I experienced an orgasm I'd never experienced before. Wow. Okay. Um, And I completely lost, lost everything. Um, so that was. That was after about three and a half months, I think. Um, I've gone. I mean, the, the other th- the other thing that guys need to know as well is it's not that you would never ejaculate again. It's once you learn these processes, it's about having the conscious ability to say, okay, you know, sometimes. the moment just calls for it. If you're with a partner and like it's fucking fireworks and everything is happening and it's just, it's the perfect moment for it. Go for it. Enjoy it. Like it's, it's such a beautiful thing. But what you don't want to happen is to be with the love of your life. And then fucking 20 seconds in you ejaculate because you can't control it. Yeah. Or, you're tired so you want to jerk off to go to sleep like there are these old patterns of behavior that as that we've basically taught ourselves from teenage years up until now where we just don't even question it. one of the most common is to jerk off before you go to sleep
0: it took me a lot of commitment to get rid of that one because Getting rid of uh, ejaculating in the morning or during the day was easy. But this one before sleep, it was for, and it's like you said, this conditioning, we men, we do this for years and years. Our body is trained for that dopamine hit. It's trained to fall asleep once we have our ejaculation. So guys, everybody who's listening here, this takes courage. This takes commitment. But as I always say, a man grows through challenge and Deep down, we want the challenge because then we are mission-driven.
1: Exactly, man. It's, um, there are a couple of reasons why it's not ideal to jerk off before sleep. And the main one, or what, I guess just one of them, is that you're losing your ejaculation. So you're losing your energy. Yeah. The second one is most guys, and I know this isn't the case all the time, but most guys when they jerk off before bed, it's not a self-pleasure practice. It's about jerking off and trying to reach ejaculation as quickly as possible. So what you do when you're doing this is you're training your nervous system and you're training your neural pathways that once I become aroused, I wanna reach ejaculation as quickly as possible. So it's like you're training for a big game. And you're training one specific way. And that is to do it as quickly as possible. And then you get to the big game. It's like, all right, now I want to fucking last for hours. It's like, nah, mate. This is how you've trained. So this is how you're going to perform. So, I mean, to be honest, I have a self-pleasure practice, which is basically, it's almost every night. But I get to the point of no return just before it. And then I sublimate and then I get there again and I sublimate and maybe I do it three, four, five times.
0: I do the same, absolutely.
1: And then I sublimate and I fucking fall asleep. And it feels amazing because pleasure is not just about the seven seconds of ejaculation that you get. When you learn to expand the arousal throughout your entire body, and not just have it isolated in your genitals, the whole thing changes. Like it's a it's a whole new world, my brother, a whole yeah, new world.
0: It is. When I experienced my first orgasm without ejaculation, I was like, and I, I sent I, I, guys, I sent Nick directly an audio message. I was like, what the fuck? So pumped, so much energy. And it's like, the, the first realization that comes up, I guess, to every guy who experiences that is why the fuck did I ejaculate so much? What the fuck was I doing? And I think that's one of the major things, guys, everybody who's listening here is that we are so conditioned. There are doctors out there who say porn is healthy, which is maybe one of the most dangerous pieces of advice you can give to anyone because these people have no idea what they're talking about. Porn isn't healthy. And I wanted to ask you this question. Do you think porn is good in a healthy doses or is it a black and white thing you never watched again and that's how it should be?
1: Okay, so I I want to tap into both parts of that. Hmm. Um, When I first started traveling, I met this doctor and he said, go out and spread your seed because (laughs) he said you're... I've met so many celibate men that have prostate problems. Okay, yeah, but I
0: understand where he's coming from for sure.
1: Absolutely. And I was like, well, that makes sense because everything I'd read, when you ejaculate, you massage your prostate. And this mm. is, if you look online, a lot of doctors have the same advice. It's actually healthy. Ejaculating is healthy for your prostate. A couple of weeks later, I met my first tantra teacher and he said, go for seven weeks without ejaculating. And I'm like, well, fucking... so which one's right? And if you look at it, if you draw like a little Venn diagram, there's a little slither of truth
0: yeah, that they yeah. kind of
1: both cross over.
0: Fuck, I love that, yeah.
1: So ejaculation, what it does, it's a spasm within your pelvic floor. And this spasming massages your prostate. That's what the doctor didn't say. What the tantra guy didn't say is orgasm as much as you want. Just don't lose your energy. Because by orgasming, by doing Kegels and this kind of things, um, you're actually massaging your prostate. And if you get a prostate massage or if you if you self-massage, it's actually far more effective than just jerking off and ejaculating. So that was the first part porn it's kind of it's kind of like asking is drinking okay and i stopped drinking a few years ago me too and i could sit down now if it was of any interest which is it's not but i could sit down now and i could have a beer and that would be it Four years ago, I'd sit down and had have two or three beers, and then maybe a smoke a joint, and then it would just get—I'd spiral. So the thing with porn, and it's—it's a very individual thing, and it's something that you need to really deeply tune into yourself: is your relationship with porn healthy? I've jerked off to porn once in about three years, and I did it because I found. I got to a point where I was so dogmatic and I was so, no, absolutely not, I'm not gonna do it. It's, and I was like, hang on, it's, I've gone from one extreme to the other. So I sat there and I watched it and I joked off and I was like, wow, well, this I've actually, I properly forgot what this is like. And I didn't just try and bang it out and reach peak <laughs> orgasm as quickly as possible. <laughs> I sat with it and I tried to masturbate as consciously as possible. So I wasn't all hunched over like a little. <laughs> <laughs> but you sit up and you breathe into it, you breathe into your belly and you practice techniques that you might not be able to do with your partner. Yeah. So you get yourself aroused, but you breathe deeply into your balls and you breathe up the spine and you fully relax. The problem is when most guys watch porn, especially when they're by themselves, and I know this because I fucking used to do it, but you get all hunched over and you just go into this little, is that guy from um, Lord of the Rings? That <laughs>
0: it is Gollum, yeah, Gollum.
1: <laughs> and he just became this like, you're completely disconnected from what you're doing and it just becomes about reaching that seven seconds of pleasure. Wow. Yeah. So if you're going to watch porn, I mean, do what you want, but bring consciousness to it, bring presence to it instead of looking at, at, whatever you're watching, like some object, actually just, I can go, go into your heart and just pleasure yourself knowing that that's just another form of God that you can tap into Mm. to allow yourself to expand. Yeah. So for me, no, I mean, if you want to look at porn, go for it, but there are certain ways that you can do it to make it a lot healthier than most people do.
0: So what you're saying basically is you have to really tune in, go inwards and really, okay, can I watch porn consciously or is this just getting me back into my conditioning? And once you can consciously watch it, it doesn't matter because it's a conscious choice anyway. So in other words, when you watch porn out of addiction and out of falling into this unconscious hunched over Gollum position, that's, that's, that's when it gets, that's when it get get dangerous or when it can get really harmful. Unhealthy, yeah, that's the word. Dangerous and harmful, maybe not the right. <laughs> it's unhealthy. So, but actually, man, you're dropping the golden nuggets here, Nick, because I recently looked at porn just out of interest. Okay, how is this after years of not watching or or just a very long time of not watching? And the interesting part is I pleasured myself. I looked at it and I couldn't give a less shit about what I was sawing And at some certain point, I just closed it, sublimed the energy, transmuted it, and went on with my day. And that was an experience. And I think this is what you're referring to, because it's not about being dogmatic, because If you're dogmatic about, I'm never going to eat pizza again, then one day you will see the pizza and you're going to stuff it in your fucking mouth. You're going to swallow it. You're going to have one after the other. So this kind of yo-yo effect when you go on a diet and you're like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm strong. And I, But when you're consciously engaging it and then just say, wow, this is actually not as important or amazing as I thought. It's just like seeing some people having sex, right? And yeah, that's it.
1: Yeah, exactly. So,
0: that is what you're referring to. I, I love that, man.
1: I had um, and one form of unhealthy porn viewing, I guess. I had a client ask me, we talk about the arousal rate. So you have one being basically nothing and then 10 is ejaculation. So nine is your point of no return. Six, seven, eight are your medicine six when you're on your on your arousal level and you're at six seven eight then this is when you start to um once you're sublimating you start to to release pinoline from your pineal gland you start to activate stem cells so this is when you're literally your body starts to heal itself um so i teach guys to like get to that that point and then to edge And to not go further and then kind of not drop too far back and then stay there. And this guy said, I need porn to get to that point. Is that okay? Mm. And it's like, well, man, what do you think? (laughs) Like if if you need porn to become aroused, then that's going to be a problem because the porn you're watching, first of all, 99 percent of the time the way they're getting fucked in a in porn is not how your woman wants to be fucked yeah
0: absolutely
1: <laughs> the other thing is the second thing is um you're training your nervous system that what you're watching in porn is what you need to get aroused so the more porn you watch and you can I mean, I know when I went I was deep into it, how niche you need to go to start to get yourself aroused, because yeah, in the very very beginning, when I was 15, I could see like a little brush of skin of a woman, and it would send me crazy. <laughs> By the time I was heavily addicted to porn, you know it was taking me obviously a lot more than a little bit of skin. So if you're training your nervous system that this is what I need, and then suddenly you're in bed with your lover and she's nothing like what you need, you're gonna start to bring problems to yourself. This is why there are so many 18 year old guys now who have erectile dysfunction because they've been addicted to porn for five, six years.
0: This reminds me of a a guy telling me he can only Get an erection with his with his girlfriend, when he is thinking about the images he is looking at porn, and guys, that is where the usage of porn, like Nick said right here, is where it gets very unhealthy, where it starts to even to a point you can really love a woman and she can really love you, but if you are in this unhealthy state and remain there, it's eventually not going to work out because you're depleting yourself and you're depleting you so i also just want to add this here because people always say love love is the answer not always sometimes we are so addicted sometimes we are so blind to the love we already have that we kind of forget and kind of ruin the beauty that is already in front of us
1: Mm. yeah that's it's also the other one of the biggest problems for guys when they make love or for the woman when the guy's making love is that they're not in their heart. So because they need to fantasize about something that they were watching that's going to get them aroused, they go out of their heart and then as soon as you're out of your heart, your woman knows. They yeah, have like a absolutely. sixth sense about that. Brother, as I don't know what that sense happens, that
0: is, but <laughs> that sense is so fucking accurate, man. Holy shit.
1: And uh as soon as they know that you're not present, their arousal level drops. Mm, And it's just, it's a really tricky thing. Unless you're really absolutely sure that porn, that your connection with porn is 100% not unhealthy and completely conscious, I wouldn't even take a chance. I mean, you don't, if you can't arouse yourself with the with the feelings of pleasure that you have within your body and then occasionally thinking about a lover, if, if you have to resort back to the porn that you've been watching, then you should probably stop watching it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, that leads me to another question, my brother, is that, for example, David Data, for sure you know him, you've told me, Everybody in the men's work in men's work knows that guy. This guy is a fucking legend, and um, he's talking about that we as the masculine we always seek variety. And why don't we talk or touch a little bit upon that subject? Because that's a very touchy subject in that society, especially like nobody's talking about it. Like it's always where well, I don't think about anybody else, or but. Um, this kind of dogma leads to leads to the exact opposite mostly. So what are your what is your opinion on that?
1: Variety in regards to sexual partners or variety in, in regards to
0: sexual partners, yeah, absolutely.
1: The thing with the thing that we've been so can kind of conditioned, we have this underlying Almost cultural belief that we have to be monogamous, um, and then we, if we start to think about somebody else or look somewhere else, we might start to feel guilt or shame. And this is another, also another culturally ingrained belief that you should be shameful if you do this, or you should. Uh, you should feel guilty if suddenly a woman goes past you and and you get aroused. Um, I remember uh, something that Mantak Chia said. Somebody asked him about porn, and he was he was referring to the. He was in London. He was referring to the newspaper where they have like the Page Three girls. And every, you can buy this, I don't know how much it costs, but it's like a public newspaper. And on, on page three, you just have these topless women. And Mantak Chia is sitting at the train station and he opens this newspaper and he sees these women with these beautiful breasts. And he's like, whoa, amazing. <laughs> and the way he says it is super funny. But And he starts to say that I take this energy I take the energy that I'm this beautiful sexual energy that's arousing inside of me and I sublimate it and I go back and I give it to my partner. Wow. And this is, I mean, there there, there are a couple of little points I want to make here. One of them is that, and it's my personal belief that as a man, the feminine is so incredibly fucking beautiful that if I pretend that I'm not going to get aroused by a beautiful woman on the street or by the smell of somebody's perfume or by being out dancing and seeing, like it's just, it's in my nature as a masculine human for the feminine to arouse me. Now, what I do with that arousal is something else. If I turn into this little golem creature and just like spurt my energy out everywhere, or I can't control my my energy and it becomes aggressive or abusive, then this is a problem. Um, And this goes back to teaching teenagers and teaching boys rather than it being a taboo subject. Where well, we don't talk about sex with our family and we don't see people naked and it's this very like, Oh, it's all secret. This is when pro- uh, this leads to problems. Yeah. I, um, I even
0: want to, sorry to interrupt you here, brother, but even one friend of mine told me if we would all walk around naked, we wouldn't have such a fetish and such a desire to see somebody naked. I guess you agree with me on this one.
1: Yeah. I think Osho spoke along similar lines that if we just grew up with being naked as being a natural part of life, Mm. you wouldn't have all these people who were, it was hidden from for so long that then it becomes this really kind of, Oh, I have to see that woman naked. If you're used to a naked body, it's just, it's another, it's another, it's a beautiful thing. It doesn't become this target that you just, you come so desired and so driven to to obtain okay so the other point was in regards to seeking variety if you have sex the same way your entire life you're going to get bored if you have your go-to three positions and you get each other aroused and then you get to the point, maybe she gets to orgasm, if she's lucky, and then you ejaculate, and then that's it. It's gonna lead to somewhat of a stale sexual relationship. Once you start to explore the depths of sexual energy, it's there's no end to how creative you can get and it's almost like you move beyond this primal desire for sex and it becomes about elevating your consciousness. And it is through this where you don't actually want to be with anybody else. Sure, you can be aroused by other people, but the desire and the depth that you can obtain from being with one person is far greater than you just going out and energetically being with multiple people my opinion
0: yeah I share that same opinion exactly yeah so well of course when you're with a partner in a monogamous relationship and you are just having the same three positions just not having any variety in your sex life, not having any variety in how you relate to intimacy or going deeper along the way, then of course, at some point you get bored and you seek that sexual conquest somewhere else. However, if you carry that depth and that arousal and that that powerful energy and bring that to your partner, to the feminine, wow. Then in other words, guys, I, I um, if you go deeper in this, I think Nick, you had the same experience. When I am... Um, for example, licking my girlfriend's, I feel like I'm licking the, the 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 cosmic mother. I feel like I am licking all women at the same time, and it's not about that I want to lick all women, but it's about it becomes a portal into the divine. It's no longer her and her body, and 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 I already know this. No, it's like wow, this is this is this is pure. This is the pure feminine. This is the divine feminine, mm. and. This experience, when guys have these experiences in their relationship, they're no go, no longer going to leak sexual energy, I guess. Or yeah. Or oh, well, well less. said,
1: man. It's it's um it's something David Data does talk about. We give the or the masculine gives the majority of his thought and he's attached thought to money and to sex and when we can move above that and we can move more into these realms of you go you're not it's not just having sex and it's not just making love but it's moving into these realms of divinity where you are you are reaching heightened states of consciousness and experiencing the feminine, not just as a woman, but as the divine feminine. This is uh, this is where the magic and the power becomes infinite. Yeah.
0: Powerful brother, very potent. Um, one question I had for you is that you talked about that when you are masturbating or when you're having sex, you, you, your arousal state, like six, seven, eight, that's where the medicine is. And nine is really this like almost point of no return. Like it's what I have realized for myself is that I, especially in the beginning of my practice, um, and maybe this helps out a lot of men here too, especially in the beginning of my practice, I went to level nine often and I realized I was then I was then stopping myself from ejaculating, but it almost hurt, like the kind of blue balls feeling and I wasn't able to sublime the energy anymore. It was like I reached a state where maybe it's possible i'm not sure, but it would have hurt to not ejaculate then. It would keep on going for hours, being stuck in that state and then needing to ejaculate what i've then in what i've then on from this experience integrated in my practice is that I stay at six seven eight because then everything is going to be all right. Is there anything that you, when a guy reaches really nine or even 9.5, is it wiser to ejaculate then? Or is it really possible to still sublime that and to um, not feel this stuck energy in your genitals?
1: Uh, so when I, when I say nine, I mean the point of no return. So if you hit the point of no return, that means that you can't stop.
0: Okay. it's that
1: point where like, if she breathes on you, you'll just ejaculate. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so you can get up to 8.95, 8.99.
0: That's what I was referring to. Yeah.
1: Right. So if you get to that point and then stop and then pull yourself back and breathe and sublimate, then you're good. I, um, sublimation is one of the most important things to do properly i've met guys that were they were doing a brahmacharya which is a 7 week um semen retention practice and this one brother was about 4 or 5 weeks into it and he's like fuck man i've got the bluest balls like they're just they're so painful and part of their practice was that they had to Either make love or self pleasure every day for seven weeks. But what this means is that he's just not sublimating properly. So, on top of sublimating, it's also very important to massage your testicles and massage your perineum, and this really helps to loosen up the stagnant energy. Um, I've experienced quite my quite a fair share of blue balls in the past few years of like especially when you make love for hours and then suddenly it's just, you can't even walk. Like it's a really, yeah,
0: man. I know that feeling. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> so to sublimate properly, to massage your testes, massage your perineum, if you can get to 8.9 and just stay there and maybe drop back to 8.5. I mean, that's amazing. And, and that, that is when you're going to start to have the full bodied orgasms, when you're sublimating this energy. If you get up there and you don't sublimate the energy is going to be stuck in the genitals and then it's going to create blue balls. But yeah. once you open these energy channels and you start to sublimate this energy then um, yeah, welcome to a whole new world of pleasure.
0: Thank you for that brother. My next question is more going to be about my own practice is that, um, when I have these orgasms, sometimes they are stronger and sometimes they're weaker. So sometimes I only feel a tingling sensation in my brain, but I feel I completely sublime it and I feel amazing afterwards. And other times my whole body goes into a sort of ecstasy. Is this something that I guess it's not healthy or not um, beneficial if I'm making this a goal? I want a full body orgasm, I think. Or how do you experience that? Do you have every time like a complete ecstasy or sometimes simply just feeling sensations in your head area for instance
1: that's a really poignant and beautiful question man because it's a lot of the time and it's and for sure when i first started it was like oh okay so you can separate your ejaculation and your orgasm your orgasm is basically a, a cocktail of um, hormones and chemicals are released in your, in your brain and you get this feeling this peak arousal at the same time, your the muscles surrounding your prostate and then your pelvic floor start to spasm, and this is what pulls the semen into the urethra and then ejaculates it out. So your ejaculation happens at the same time as your as your orgasm. When I first heard about these guys having full-bodied orgasms, I was like, Oh, okay, so they're having this full power genital orgasm but all over the entire body.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah.
1: And what's important to to understand is that this is one orgasm that you get when you ejaculate. Um, But that happens at the same time as you ejaculate. It's an isolated orgasm that feels like it's happening in your genitals. A full-bodied orgasm can happen in multiple ways. And it can, the more you tune into the subtle pleasures of your body, and this happens through self pleasure. This doesn't happen by, you know, jerking off in two and a half minutes because you want to go to bed. This happens by sitting there and over, say, 20 minutes, touching yourself in ways that you might not have ever touched yourself, perhaps using oil, perhaps using a feather, really diving in to the most kind of subtle pleasures that you can find in your body. So when you start to have these, these full-bodied orgasms, sometimes it can just be a shiver. Sometimes your body can just kind of vibrate. The most intense, like I, I remember it like it was yesterday, the, the most powerful orgasm I've ever had was when this woman touched my chest. And it was like a it was like a standard explosive uh genital orgasm, but this thing was like ten times stronger, and I went through my entire being. Hmm. This doesn't happen every time, not at all like sometimes I'll be making love and I start to shake and I start to get these energetic kind of orgasms, other times it's just it's pure bliss, but it's maybe like a four out of ten on the pleasure scale but all this it's just it's part of this journey of awakening yourself to the deepest pleasure that you've got and the more the further you go on this path the more you start to realize that this seven second sneezing out your genitals is just not even worth it
0: there is no there is no point of return actually once you start with it even if you go back to ejaculating and, and watching porn constantly in an unhealthy way, you just return after a while yeah. because you know the experience. So um, to make this extremely practical, let's say there, there are guys watching this here right now, they've never in their life have done anything like that. Is it a great way to start reading the book, The Multi-Orgasmic Man by Mantak Chia? Is this, is this the first step or what would you recommend these guys
1: Yeah, so The Multi-Orgasmic Man is a fantastic book, um, especially when you're starting out, but it's not the Bible by any means. And there's one practice in particular that they speak about to do, which they've since come out and said, actually, that's not only is it ineffective when you do it all the time, but it's actually unhealthy. And that is the million-dollar point. So the million-dollar point is when you put three of your fingers deep into your perineum and you actually stop the flow of the ejaculation it's something that you would normally do once you've gone beyond once you can't stop anymore once you've hit the, the point of no return, and you're like fuck i can't stop it then you would do the million dollar point i've met a lot of people yeah yeah, i practice same retention i have full-bodied orgasms and then we start talking about the process and they use the million dollar point and what is actually happening is you're having a retrograde orgasm a retrograde ejaculation so you're still ejaculating you're still losing your energy but it's actually just getting reabsorbed into your bladder so what you'll notice is if you go and take a piss after you'll see your ejaculation come out in your piss it's also stagnating the energy so rather than allowing the energy to just flow you're actually causing blockages Um, so yeah the book is a fantastic way to start bringing awareness to your breath is one of the most crucial things you can do as soon as you start to realize i mean you can do it you can do it in your self-pleasure practice you start to jerk off the closer you get to ejaculation, you'll notice that you start to turn into this golem creature and you're (laughs) and you're breathing much uh, much more quickly. You're activating your sympathetic nervous system so your blood pressure goes up, your heart rate goes up and you're actually bringing yourself closer to ejaculation. The more aware you are of your breath, the more you can slow that down. Once you start to activate your parasympathetic nervous system, you actually pull yourself back from that point of needing to ejaculate. This is one way of doing it. Learning how to sublimate properly is another way of doing it. And um, simply deeply breathing into your belly and then pulling the energy up your spine is one way. I believe in um, the multi-orgasmic man, they talk about the microcosmic orbit which is super powerful.
0: Which is, by the way, also one of the most powerful breath work techniques in general. Boy, Absolutely. And that one is like, a, especially men's work, it's one of the most powerful ones.
1: It can, I found in the book that it's quite esoteric. It's a little bit, if you're not in, if you don't know so much about subtle energy and if you can't feel it so much, um, it can seem a little bit woo-woo for a lot of people. But there, there are like the power draw and the big draw. There are all these other techniques that he talks about in the book. But for me, for sure, the microcosmic orbit was the thing that I started out with. And once I learned how to do it properly, it changed everything. Um, the presence of your breath. Notice where your, your mind is. Have you drifted off to a fantasy or are you in your heart? Uh, notice how tense you are notice how tense your body is how tense your buttocks is how tense your perineum and your pelvic floor has become and just practice in really relaxing all of it if you have a self-pleasure i mean most people do in your self-pleasure practice take the goal out of it don't do it to get to ejaculation but do it to feel pleasure And and not the pleasure that you get at the end, but the pleasure that comes throughout the entire practice. If you're going to just jump in and jerk off as quickly as you can to the point of ejaculation, then you're missing out on a whole world of pleasure. Um, And that's basically it. The, The working with breath, working with relaxing your body, sublimating, which is kind of incorporates both. Using sound um, is a really beautiful way to release any tension that's built up. A lot of guys don't use sound because they think perhaps it's too feminine or there's just, it's taboo. They're not allowed to vocalize, but it's also an incredibly powerful tool to, to bring in both to love making and to, and to self-love, self-pleasure.
0: Yeah, man, I love that. And guys, what will happen when you start doing this and practicing that is that just your whole relationship also in the bedroom with a woman will just change. You will experience heightened levels of intimacy, of pleasure and satisfaction simply by making out, by kissing, by just, you. You. the more you become aware of this, like Nick said before, of these subtle energies in general, that's not just in the bedroom, that's in general, the more pleasure you're going to feel in your life overall. So you're not doing this only for women, you're doing this for yourself as well. How has your confidence level changed? How was your confidence level before practicing semen retention in the proper way? And how is your confidence level right now?
1: I um, I mean, my confidence level before when I was addicted to porn was... Not, much, not much above rock bottom. Um, but learning how to abstain from ejaculation and to to take this energy and to put it into different areas of your life, like my, I have before and I have after. There's my life before; it was one way, and my life after it is just, it's a whole new world. Um, there are not many things that I recommend to everybody. Um, but this is absolutely one of them. Like it's, it's, when it's done properly, it will change your life. Like it's not even, it's not a possible theory. It's fact.
0: Guys, like, imagine, imagine not being in this unhealthy porn addiction. Imagine lasting for hours in bed. Just imagine that. <laughs>
1: Imagine taking all this energy that is used to create life and instead of just wasting it into a tissue, putting it into something that you believe in, into your purpose, into your into your work, into projects, into your lovers.
0: I think Mantak Chia even wrote like forty or fifty books. He said, out of that out of that energy that guys think about some people are not able to write one book in their whole entire lifetime. And this this guy just fucking, excuse me, writes 50, 60 books.
1: um, They even talk about it in um, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill.
0: Which is, by the way, one of these books that really leads a lot of men on the wrong path regarding semen retention. Oh, really? In my opinion, yes, because it led me on that path. I just have to be celibate. I have to never, never ejaculate. Okay. Because it just it just talks about the benefits of semen retention, but not about how it's being properly done.
1: Right. Okay. No, I I just um, yeah. From from my perspective, I didn't. Now that I know how to do it, it's just okay. It's talking about semen retention. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, this book is quite old and he talks about these incredibly successful people who have this practice because they're just not wasting this energy. So, yeah, I have my before kind of ignorant phase of life where I gave up everything and gave away all this energy and I have my after purpose, heart-driven directive very much in my power way of life now.
0: I would even say that being grounded after these orgasms without ejaculation, man, I feel grounded as fuck. Yeah. And it's like before I have a lot of energy, guys, a lot of testosterone. I'm very all over the place. And this is one of the ways to just allows me to shut the fuck up. And just and just enjoy the pleasure and just enjoy being in my body, enjoying the quiet these moments. Very yeah, nice. And I think there is nothing that gets us close to that. Nothing.
1: Ah, well Absolutely. Said,
0: yeah. Thank you, my brother. Yeah, um, thank you so much for this for this podcast, brother, and for the powerful techniques you've shared with the audience here. I'm sure many, many, many men can benefit from this. And where can men find you?
1: Um, just on Instagram at the moment is Nick Nick Warner. Warner. Yeah. Um, I have some things. I'm in the process of releasing as soon as they, um, the right technical kind of wizardry starts to happen, but it's all in the process. Um, but I'm also available for coaching one-on-one and yeah, at the moment, Instagram is the best place to find me.
0: Guys, I'm going to link Nick Warner's Instagram in the show notes. And I'm also going to shout him out on Instagram. So you can also find him on Instagram on my page or on my podcast show notes. And guys, really, really, this is from my heart coming. Guys, if you are experiencing issues with porn, if you are really in a rut, contact Nick. Nick can help you out of this. And he knows the right technique. And I have for many, many years wandered on this path. And um, like Nick said before, I didn't know what was the answer. And Nick gave me all these answers I was longing and looking for a long time. So guys, it's always better if you invest right now and do it the right way instead of wasting many, many years trying to find the answer and maybe even potentially harming yourself or engaging in unhealthy practices. So I really, really recommend this, guys. Contact Nick. And thank you so much again, brother for this podcast. And I'm going to have you again on the podcast.
1: Absolutely, man,
0: because this podcast episode is so fucking powerful and I'm just feeling we got to do another episodes or we dive in because we could talk hours. We could talk 10 hours, but it's wise if we break it up into seek sequ- into, into smaller sequences.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, dude. Appreciate thank you, it,
0: brother. Thank you, brother.